you could ever need starting right now hey everybody welcome into the water break i am mclean uh one of this show's returning members from last year that was just my voice you heard on the intro and i keep creed and will in the studio with me but we've also got a new cast member his name is Sai. he's an intro student how's it going Sai? pretty good thanks for having me guys excited to be here Oh, yeah, we're excited to have you. You know, uh, four is really the magic number it comes to radio shows. At least that's what I think. You guys want to just uh, start off the first show of the new year by getting into some news? Yeah, why not? Um, All right. Honestly, the one of the biggest things that happened over this weekend was we had the first NFL game. And then for soccer fans in the MLS, we had an astounding game last night. Uh, Seattle Sounders won seven to one against San Jose um, with two players scoring two goals and Jordan Morris from Mercer Island scoring a goal in the fourth minute of the game. Probably not that exciting if you're from San Jose though. (laughs) Yeah, no, they had one goal and it was a penalty kick. So, you know, they did not have a great game overall, but you know, yeah, and, uh, fun for Seattle fans. Speaking of San Jose, the uh, Sharks kind of bowed out early this year, right? Yeah, their team is definitely on a downfall now. Uh, unlike the Canucks, who have really been trending up recently, you know, with the addition of Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, and uh, also Brock Besser in recent drafts, I think their team's really primed for a win in at least 10 years. Like, they'll have a good team for a long time, especially wow. if they play their cards right. So you're... Uh, which is, you're forecasting 10 years of competition for the Canucks, yeah. I would say it's going to be a dynasty, just with That's, the players uh, they have, and I think some of the players they could get, their team is going to look so good. And it already does, but I think they can definitely expand. Their defense is kind of weak on the second and third lines, apart from the Hughes-Tanev line. So I think once they get more depth, like most of the contenders now, they're going to have an insane team. That's uh, an aggressive prognostication. I mean, who knows what the West is going to look like in 10 years. Yeah. I mean, there could be injuries. There could be trades. Who knows? Players could just not 
end up panning out like they were projected to. But I really believe, and I've said this last year, I said that they were going to be a contender in at least the next five years with some of the draft picks they had. And, and here they it. were um, being the last Canadian team surviving in the playoffs this year. Uh, unfortunately, they lost to Golden Knights, who some consider to be the best team in the league right now. Uh, but they pushed it to Game 7, which was impressive. And I think the biggest thing that came out of this playoff run for them was definitely experience for all the young guys. Because um, playoff hockey, if you ever watch it compared to normal hockey, is so different. The play style, the hitting, everything is different than normal oh, hockey. And definitely. it definitely takes a toll on you. And I think it's really good that a lot of those players got to understand what that's like. It's one of those things, you know, playoff hockey is played like in the NHL EA video game. You know, it's hard hits on seemingly every play. You got guys flying all across the ice. It is it is a show. It is definitely a show. Yeah. Um, but without that out of the way, there have been a few games. Actually, there's one going on at the time of recording. Tampa Bay against the Islanders. It's currently tied at 1-1 at the end of the first. Uh, but Tampa Bay so far destroyed them in this series. I mean, they came out hard, beat them 8-2 in the first game. And they have the 2-0 lead, so I'm gonna say tampa sweeps if not wins like four to one the last time um, I and heard... then on the other side oh go ahead yeah the last time i heard tampa and sweep in the same sentence it didn't end up too well oh <laughs> uh, yeah kind of flashbacks to last year where they lost four nothing after setting the uh nhl record for wins in the preseason or the normal yeah. season sorry um, and then you got the Stars playing the Golden Knights, and the Stars have actually leapt out to a surprising lead after an overtime goal by Radulov, uh, just 30 seconds or so in to the overtime, uh, which is pretty crazy. I think the Knights are still going to pull through and win the series, either in 6 or 7, um, but the Stars are a good team, there's no doubt about that, and I think if it comes down to the Knights and the Lightning in the Stanley Cup Final, I think I'd take the Lightning, even though the Knights... I feel like are a better team. I still think the Lightning can win. I mean, they're just as good, kind of. I don't right, know. It'll be so interesting. You've got the Lightning. That's your. That's the team that you think that's the team to beat of these last four, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. You know, it's been said that um, when you get down to the final four teams, it's been said that that's when there's four teams left. Okay, now that I've got my Booger McFarland impression out of the way... <laughs> You guys want to talk basketball? <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. Sai, you okay, want to take that get one? It. Yeah, the NBA playoffs are going crazy right now. So in the Western Conference, um, the Lakers are leading the Rockets 3-1. to one. The Clippers are leading Denver 3-1. to one. And so that's not as interesting. But in the Eastern Conference, Toronto and Boston are going to the Game 7 today at time of recording. And so uh, my pick is Toronto because they just have more experience in the playoffs uh, with their current team. And uh, interesting thing this year was Miami. Miami was a surprise. Sweep the Pacers, uh, took out the Bucks, and now they're in the conference finals. So they're going to play whoever wins uh, Celtics versus Raptors. I got to say, you know, I... I'm not going to say that I predicted that the Heat were going to do as well as they did, but I've always been a fan of Jimmy Butler, you know? He's the kind of guy who he'll he'll win you some games, you know? And he's yeah, a good success story sure. in the league. Um, I thought that um, when the Sixers traded for him at the trade deadline a couple of years back, I thought that that was going to make them into a, you know, contending team. But now all they can 
say is that they have given away the two worst contracts in the history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Miami kind of has that perfect mix of like veterans and fresher new guys, and like they have the players like Jimmy Butler who can go and take over a game when they need to, but they also have guys who are showing lots of promise, like Tyler Hero, hitting those threes and just sealing games. Yeah, and I mean, he's been great from three, you know, I think the Heat, I think, I wouldn't want to call them the team to beat in the NBA just yet, but they're definitely trending there. I think they're a sexy pick to represent the East in the finals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the team that represents the NBA right now is probably the Lakers. Um, Yeah, leading 3-1, Russell Westbrook really hasn't showed up the series for Houston, and, um, well, I'm predicting the Lakers are going to win, obviously, because it's very hard to come back from 3-1, <laughs> especially against LeBron. Yeah, I mean... Like, against LeBron, that's hard. Well, the Warriors have a 3-1 before, lead, but... so it's it's happened. It's happened. Yeah, yeah it's happened. It's you possible. Know. I mean, Braun, this is kind of his final shot to, you know, really do great things in this yeah. league. He's not getting younger, um, and I... I think a, a title for Braun, I don't think that's out of the question. I mean, obviously, he's going to have yeah. to get past the Clippers. Um, but mm-hmm. Yeah, Lakers have got to improve their shooting. Yeah. Um, anyway, it'll definitely be interesting this year. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, things are heating up. You know, I think basketball as a sport, I think it succeeds so well. You know, it the it draws great ratings. I think a lot of people love basketball. And I think that that's because they always manage to get their stars into the playoffs, you know? Like, yeah. in baseball, we've got, like, Mike Trout gets sent home every year he watches the playoffs from his couch in October. And he's easily the best player in baseball, probably the best player of his generation, you know, and I think baseball has kind of failed there, but you get new storylines. There's a lot more underdog stories and such, you know? Like, I'm I'm going to yeah. flex for a minute. On, um, on one of my other shows, on the Hot Corner, which is a show where I talk about baseball a lot. It's like three times the length of this show. It's awesome. You guys should go listen to it. Shameless plug. Um, I predicted that the Chicago White Sox um, would go to the playoffs last year, and now... They're right in the middle of a dogfight for the top of their division. So, guess who was right? That's right. It's me. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I guess right now, Game 7, Boston, Toronto, um, that's going to be very interesting because a lot of the scores are very close for the series. There's one game where Toronto just lost, but, like, OG Ananobi hit a game-winning three-pointer buzzer beater. So... Um, that should be interesting. And the last game went double overtime, Ooh. and Kyle Lowry sealed it with a turnaround jumper. Can I say something real quick? Sure. I completely forgot about this, but the English Premier League is coming back this Saturday, and it ended late, late, late June. Like, June 25th was one of the last games. And so there's, like, a little less than three months of a break for those players, and those players, most of them have been playing, like, um, games in different tournaments and throughout the world for their specific countries that they play for. So they've kind of not had a break at all this year, which is pretty interesting. And I'm honestly super excited to see it come back. So, yeah. 
Okay. That's crazy. English Premier League is back. All right. Not what I was expecting to get to talk about, but, you know, we could always... We can always find sports. You know, there was a sports equinox on the um, the first day of the NFL season, which, by the way, we are going to talk about. Um, yeah. You know, we got baseball, we got hockey, we got soccer, we got basketball, we got college football. We got it all on the same day. Don't forget the WNBA. We did have WNBA games as <laughs> we well. We did have the WNBA. Yep. Um, we got it all on the same day, Thursday the 10th. And that was... What did you guys think about what we saw in the NFL on Thursday the 10th? Uh, <laughs> talking about the game specifically, I was, I don't know, I don't want to say underwhelmed, but I definitely overhyped the game in my mind, I think, and it wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be, just coming into it. Yeah, I, I feel I like know. everyone everyone kind of knew that the Chiefs, the, de- de- the defending champions, are probably just going to wipe the floor with the Texans. I mean, the Watson versus Mahomes debate was pretty much all there was to that game. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I thought that we were going to see much more of a show, but that Chiefs defense, you know, once again, they were in their playoff form shutting down Watson and the DeAndre hopkins list Texans. Like, David Johnson, he kind of had a game, uh, but he was definitely not anywhere in the realm of DeAndre Hopkins-level production. Yeah, okay, I want to talk about David Johnson for a second, because I remember two years ago, yeah, it was two years ago, I did not do my draft for fantasy football. My team auto-picked, I had an overall pick, and I ended up getting David Johnson, and my team sucked that year, because he did nothing. Wasn't uh, that the year that you traded Creed, <laughs> oh, Zeke, and wait, CMC yeah, for the wait, Vikings defense? We, we are not going to go there. Yes, we are. today. No, we've gone there so many times. We don't have to keep doing it. I know. It's like a favorite destination. You wouldn't say it that about, is, like, McDonald's. Though. We've gone to McDonald's a bunch of times, but you still go there. I don't go He's there. He's got a point. I mean, I've yeah. been there a couple of times. But like, okay, Kareem, you know, we get it. You're better than us because you don't eat McDonald's. But That's not true. I eat Burger King. But um, anyways, Wendy's I got is where destroyed it's at. by David That's Jackson. so true. My fantasy team got destroyed by him. And I also started Cooks um, for Houston. Which that failed. Brandon Cooks, the walking concussion. Yeah, injured so much. I honestly thought he would have a really good game. Um, What do you have? Two catches for twenty yards. I know, but with a good quarterback, with you know, I didn't think um, what's his name Fuller played that well in that game. Uh, Not from a fantasy perspective, I think he did well on fantasy, but not just like in the game. So I thought. Cooks, especially with the absence of D Hops, would do so much more, and he really didn't. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. I mean, they but luckily, I don't have sidelines. So, you know, I didn't. I don't normally talk fantasy on this show, but for all you fantasy football guys, there was one player to be excited about in that Chiefs Texans game. He's got a hyphenated last name. And that guy oh, is yeah. Clyde Edwards Hellaire. You know, that yeah. guy, he put on a show. Um, he was the highest scoring non-quarterback in the game. He um, outscored David Johnson, actually. Um, you know, CEH yeah, put up 19.8. So, I mean, yeah, yeah he's a good running back, but yeah. at the same time, look at the opportunity he's had. I mean, he's playing with easily the best offense in the league right now. Oh, um, definitely. Like, he has just so much opportunity in that Mahomes is always going to use him to change the pace 
And then when they don't use him, they're just going to have Kelsey, Hill, Watkins to push yardage and get him even farther downfield. So I know Andy Reid doesn't like to run it as much as he would probably like, but you're still going to get so much value out of him. And they're always going to use it to punch in touchdowns. I do have some stats for you on that punching in touchdowns comment. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire actually got the ball on the ground inside the five six times last game. Wow. He only, his only touchdown was from 20 yards out, but he ran the ball a ton. Yeah, I mean, he did run, but just in in the past, Andy Reid has typically not favored his running backs as much as his receivers and especially tight ends. And I know it's hard not to just with the caliber of his receivers and tight ends, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel mean, like Hilaire's going to do really well. Think about way. the kind of running backs that Andy Reid has had while he's been the coach of the Chiefs, though, you know? I mean, he had Jamal Charles at the tail end of his career when he wasn't as effective. Then he had Spencer Ware for a year. Then he had Kareem Hunt for, like, eight games. Um, Yeah, that did not end well. Yeah, but, you know, it's been really while the Chiefs have been competitive, while they've had the Mahomes-Kelsey-Hill offense, their running backs have been a bunch of nobodies, like like Damian Williams-type guys. That's you know, true. And that's yeah. that's no slight to Damian Williams. I think he had a great Super Bowl. I think he deserved Super Bowl MVP. But you know, he really doesn't have the career acumen of some of the other guys in that offense. Yeah, speaking of Damian Williams, I think um Hilaire really got a chance to prove himself out there because Williams is at home right now. He opted out of the season this year. Yeah, yeah. One of, I think, two opt-outs for the Kansas City Chiefs. You guys get like a million points if you can tell me the other one. It's not I happening. Can't remember. I have no, I have no clue. Lavert Duverday-Tardif. Uh, uh, he's actually a Canadian. The doctor. Grad- yeah, he's a graduate of McGill University. Oh, yes. And, uh, I saw something on that. Because he, yeah, he's actually a doctor. Yeah. Which is crazy. He's. I don't know. Professional sports require so much time and effort to put into that. Yeah, but like he, he has a doctor to medical school and stuff. It's crazy. You know, since John Ryan retired, he's one of the only you know players left in the league who's got that doctorate. You know, and obviously he's not in the league this year. He's an opt out. He's in Canada uh, on the front lines fighting against the coronavirus right now. Um, <laughs> but like. You still have to have respect for him. I mean, he's a guy who I trade for every time I do a Madden franchise mode. <laughs> you know, every time I always trade for him, I always start him. He's like, he's 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 my favorite random player. You know, he never played for my team, but he's still cool. Or even for a college that I, you know, watch a lot. Like, who watches McGill University football? Hey, that's where I'm considering going. Oh, the Harvard of the North. For, you got your uh, sights is, that high. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my my aunt actually went there for engineering. She's an engine like a, I forget what the technical term is, but she designs like community centers and stuff like that, which are cool. I don't we don't have them here, but it's basically like a government funded thing. Yeah. That has all sports facilities like tennis courts, ice rinks, swimming pools. It's really cool because. It's not like a club that you have to buy into. It's just a thing that you have, like a park. Yeah, because, you know, because in Canada, they have, you know, actual public services and all their taxpayer money doesn't go into the military. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really feeling unpatriotic today. Have you noticed? (laughs) No, that's fine. 
Whoa. Yeah, I've um I've actually got an internet friend who uh goes to McGill, um, which is one of the only reasons I know about that college. But it's it's a it's a great school, you know. If you can get in there, will more power to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a it is still pretty tough to get into, but I don't know. Might as well try. Might as well try for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. What do you so guys what do you guys? About... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, what do you guys think about the upcoming games in the NFL? I cannot wait for Saints and Bucks Week One. That's oh, that's gonna be so interesting. I think that's definitely the game to watch. Also, Seahawks Falcons will be interesting with Gurley, and I want to see how Ridley does. I'm gonna really pay attention to that game. I mean, Seahawks of course, and Falcons. Seahawks. I'm obviously yeah. gonna watch that one because I'm a Seahawks fan. But I think that's that scoreboard is gonna light up. Okay, I yeah. I don't know what the over under is for that game, but whatever it is, I'm taking the over. Yeah, it is. It's gonna be interesting. I think both teams have such good, uh, like not necessarily young on the Falcon side, but really good receiver cores and court. Like the quarterback for Atlanta's okay. He's been yeah. there and he has good relations with the receivers. And I think it's kind of flipped where instead of having Julio Jones, we have Russell Wilson, and then just like a pretty good wide receiver core. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. By yeah, the way, I. Think- I- I actually do have the over under for you. It's um forty seven point five is the over under. Uh the Falcons wow. are one and a half point underdogs. I'll take the Seahawks and I'll take the over. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's already a pretty high scoring game as it sits there. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it could get over that quite easily. Yeah, I'm gonna say the game probably really depends on how Todd Gurley is gonna play and Julio Jones those two guys but I think with the addition of Jamal Adams he can help out in the box and try and nullify Todd Gurley which is going to be hard but definitely possible and then the new secondary um the new cornerback Quentin Dunbar we'll see how he plays yeah and I think I mean Seattle's got a secondary that they're very much putting together on the fly no pun intended this season um because, like, obviously they went and traded for Jamal Adams. They went and added Quentin Dunbar, and they're trying to convert Marquise Blair into being their nickel corner. Um, so you got two guys who haven't ever played before, one guy learning a new position, and Quandre Diggs, you know, he only played six games for Seattle uh, last season. So this is not a secondary with a lot of experience. And I'm going to remind you guys that a uh, 38-year-old Matt Schaub threw for 460 yards against the Seahawks the last time these two teams met. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if that secondary can contain uh, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Hayden Hurst, I mean, Seattle's got more than a puncher's chance to win this one. But I think Wilson's going to have to put at least 40 up on the board for Seattle to come out on top. That's for sure. Yeah, uh so Bucks Saints, what do you guys think are the keys to that one? I think that's really going to come down to Tom Brady still yeah. being young enough and still being able to do what he's done in the past. Hey, uh, 43 he has, isn't that old. He has the same teammates, uh just in a different color, but it's going to be interesting and I think it's definitely going to come down to him, yeah. Gronk and Edelman, guaranteed. Edelman yeah. isn't on that team. Oh no, it's a, no, it's just Gronk and him and Rashad <laughs> Jones, right? Uh, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones. We can edit that out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing great today. <laughs> it's been a long summer. Yeah. I will say though that, um, hopefully Tom Brady has the whole playbook down. He's 
definitely a good player, so I bet he does. But it's also his first new playbook in like 20 what years. twenty years. Yeah. So not gonna... to mention that's a Bruce Arians playbook. I mean, Arians is yeah. famous for having the most complicated playbook in the whole league, and he didn't even get a preseason to figure it out. So. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about um, every time Bruce Arians has implemented a new playbook, you know, in the first year, his quarterbacks have thrown a lot of interceptions. You know, like uh, when he added Carson Palmer in Arizona, you know, Palmer threw more picks than he did touchdowns that year. And of course, last year, Jameis Winston just, you know, 30-30 season. So, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, but I... I think I think the Saints are gonna come out on top. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, I think Emmanuel Sanders, their new addition, Alvin Kamara too. It's gonna be hard to stop. I'm yeah. gonna agree with you there, Cy. I think the Saints have too good a team to you know go belly up to these Bucks in Week One. I think um, even though Drew Brees can't exactly push the ball down the field like he once did. Um, I think Michael Thomas can run enough slant routes and Alvin Kamara can do enough running backs, running back screens that, uh, you know, they'll be able to put up enough points and that saints defense. I mean, obviously they don't get too much love because, you know, Drew Brees is on the other side of the ball, but, um, I think they should be able to, you know, really get to Tom Brady. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm definitely going to not root for the Buccaneers. Even though yeah. I've liked them in the past, just because they aren't that good, I don't like Tom Brady at all. So hopefully they'll last get year, I said last year, I when I picked my sleepers last year, I was dead right on the Bills, and I was dead wrong on the Bucks. I mean, I that was a team that you know, Tampa. They, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They probably could have made the playoffs if Bruce Arians had gotten conservative with his play calling and realized that you know he had a quarterback who was gonna throw thirty interceptions. I mean, you know, this team was a pick six away from eight and eight. Um, you know, and nine and seven made the playoffs last year as a six seed. So, yeah. You know. who do you think who do you think are the sleepers for this year oh we get to pick the sleepers all right uh well i'll go first i'll say in the nfc um creed's gonna say the vikings in the nfc <laughs> i'm buying the lions i'm gonna say the lions really? are gonna go far i it's mean just because of the aiden peterson that's all no, not because of AP. I think I had the Lions as my sleeper pick before they went and added Adrian Peterson. I think the Lions, um, they were an amazing team last season before Matthew Stafford got injured. I mean, Stafford, I think he's the last great, you know, hero ball quarterback. He's the, the last guy in the NFL who can really put a team on his back without using his legs. Um, he's the last guy whose right shoulder is going to win an entire game for you. You know, he was putting up MVP-grade numbers in Daryl Bevel's offense last season, and, you know, he came a point away from beating the Chiefs. He came some of the worst officiating away from beating the Packers. Um, You know, you could argue that he only really lost one real game that season. Um, You know, all the rest of the losses came either by terrible officiating, you know, somebody fumbling it at your one-yard line and the... Chiefs defender taking it 99 yards for a score um, or the Lions having to f- start David Blau at quarterback <laughs> you know so I'm buying the Lions that's my sleeper interesting yeah, I'll, I'll say my sleeper pick is probably the Broncos Denver 
Yeah, Denver. I think they'll do good this year. Gordon. Um, hopefully Drew Locke shows up. If he does, they're, they're in for a big year. Yeah, I think Drew Locke, my prognostication for Drew Locke is that he'll be exactly like Andy Dalton part two. You know, I'm, how often do you get a tall white quarterback who always performs exactly as well as the team around him? Not often, right? Not often. That's true. But I don't know. I could I could see Drew Locke going off, but I just think Philip Lindsay's good, right? But I don't know if they have yeah. what it takes just on the other parts of the field. Um, but I don't know. Vaughn Miller going under the knife see, really hurts that team. I could see them having a decent run, but same with the Lions. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, as for me, I think my prediction, I know a lot of people are saying this, uh, but I think the Cardinals have a really good shot to do something this year. But the only reason I would doubt that is because of the division they're in, right? They have probably the hardest division in the league right now to play Easily. with. And I think that could be the thing that hurts them this year. It's not even a debate. The NFC West is far and away the hardest division in football. I mean, you could tell me all four teams put together a 12-4 and four season, and it, I don't think it would shock me. Yeah, I, would, it's, I think that's the thing that'll keep them possibly out of the playoffs this year. And I, I mean, it's hard to make it in. I don't blame them. They're playing against, one, the 49ers, one of the best teams in the NFC. Uh, two, the Seahawks, again... <laughs> have been good for years, still have their quarterback, their defense is okay. Um, and then the Rams, who just made a Super Bowl run, they're still all right. But, I mean, it's just I can't see them actually winning because of that reason. The Rams, they've got a really top-heavy um, team this year. I think that's a team that I considered uh, making them a sleeper. You know, they didn't have a big, splashy off-season addition, so they're getting no hype. But I think... The Rams are going to finish ahead of the Cardinals in the standings this year. You know, maybe the Rams finished first and the Cardinals in second. Maybe the Rams finished third and the Cardinals in fourth. Who knows? I just think the Rams are better than the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I will say, I think it's I think it's Russell Wilson's year. I think the Seahawks are going to win the division. That's my prediction. That's my hot take right there. All right. Just because I, last year we were missing that one extra piece to put us over the Niners, but this year I think we have that. You think Jamal Adams is the missing piece? You know, one yeah, story I so. that I think never gets told when you're talking about last season for the Seahawks was all the injuries they sustained down the stretch. I mean, yeah, yeah. they were literally running out a bunch of practice squad guys on their offensive line. And yeah. especially at running back, too. They were just yeah. riddled with injuries there. I mean, so their top two options at the position were Travis Homer and a 33-year-old Marshawn Lynch. Exactly. And then the tight ends, I mean, Disley has been injury prone in the past. I think that's always been an issue for them just in recent years after yeah. they lost Jimmy Graham. So I don't know. I don't know. It's I mean, they were, they were running out. Um, by the way, this is a fun fact for you guys. Um, so of the 11 players that took the field um, on Seattle's offense uh, against the Packers, all of them except for Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Dwayne Brown had spent time on the practice squad that year. Oh, and Jermaine Effetti. I forgot him. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully they can stay healthy this year. Hopefully. I think if the Seahawks can stay healthy this year, I don't think a Super Bowl run is out of the question. You know, I mean, you look at Week 10 against the Niners last season. Um, they stuck it to arguably the best team in the NFC this year. 
So I, I think the sky's really the limit for Seattle if they can stay healthy. Yeah. All right, Especially Creed. With those... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Creed, uh, we're running a little long, so do you want to tell us who your sleeper is? Yeah, I mean, you guys always know I'm going to say Vikings, but my other one <laughs> that I was thinking about would actually be the Bills. Buffalo? Which, yeah. You think they're they a have... sleeper? Maybe. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. They're the favorites they, to win. They the have a pretty Vegas. impressive I record, mean, yeah. Okay, so the Vikings and the Bills both had the same, and you are still counting the Vikings as a sleeper, so, you know. I don't think I'd count them as a sleeper either. I'm projecting them to win the division. Really? Yeah, yeah that's, I, my, I, that's my I, other I hot take. That. I think the Vikings win the division. I think they get the four seed. Yeah, hmm. maybe. Interesting. I mean, they I, have... I think... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, they have some pretty good wide receivers to back up from Diggs. I mean, they already have Thielen, one of the best. Yeah, Jefferson, who else do they have? Johnson, who is You mean insane. Justin Jefferson? <laughs> Justin Jefferson, and there's another guy called Johnson. Another guy called Johnson, is that? Yeah, and then... There's a lot of people named Johnson. There's Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. And... Ola B.C. Johnson. Oh, Ola B.C. Johnson, yeah. And then there's Chad Beebe. Um... Chad Beebe, the guy who was their field goal holder a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah, all right, Creed. Actually... All right, Creed. <laughs> well, I'm just going to start naming players now. I'm kidding. But, I can um, see you're yeah, confident. Honestly, I, think, I think the Vikings are going to do a lot better than they have been. Um, and they aren't doing bad. It's just that they aren't getting where I guess I want them to go. So. All right. I mean, I'm picking the Vikings. I think the one hole on their defense was um, another guy to rush the passer um, other than Danielle Hunter uh, because I think that them not signing back Everson Griffin was huge. But then they filled that hole by trading for Yannick Ngakwe. And I think, you know, this is a team, they're the most balanced team in the NFC North. I, th I still think Detroit goes to the playoffs. I think Detroit takes the seventh seed. But I think the Vikings go 10-6, and six and they take the four. That would be pretty interesting. I'm also um, kind of interested with them not, you know, all the stuff that's been going on. With them not with, offering Dalvin Cook an extension? It, yeah, Dalvin Cook. Because then Al Alexander Madison has to step up to that role. And he wasn't bad when he played. Um, but still, it's a crazy, like, you know... Cook has been so good, and they aren't offering him anything, and that's been a little concerning because now I don't know if he's going to play or not. So, yeah. Well, well, he has been really injury-prone in the past, and I think that might be one of the reasons why they're somewhat reluctant to give him money. But I don't yeah. know. I have him on my fantasy team, so I really hope <laughs> they pay him. Yeah, All right, Alexander well. Alexander Madison, so either way, one of us is going to get, you know, someone good. All right, well, time will tell um, what the season holds. Um, I'll write down our predictions, and we're going to see, uh, come December, we're going to see who's right. Um, anyway, this was the water break. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next week. Stay tuned.